3: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSyn.
1: Good morning and a happy Sunday to you. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM here on VSIN The Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VCN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey, a balmy Ocean City, New Jersey, right? It's getting hot out there.
4: Lovely. It's it's uh, hopefully the start of a great summer, Patrick. So uh, it's nice that we get a little bit of warm weather coming in. It was hot yesterday. It was hot at Pimlico. They need to do something with that track. I think the the state of Maryland needs to clean their act up a little bit, don't you think? I mean, it needs <laughs> to be a, a d- better. It's a huh? dump.
1: It, well, it's they've, it's been, a dump. they've been trying I mean, to move on now. They've been trying to move the Preakness to Laurel, which is a nicer track as opposed to yeah. Pimlico. But the tradition. You know, they don't want to break tradition, but they've tried to do some renovations. They talked about it a little bit on the broadcast yesterday, but you're 100% right. It doesn't meet the standards, you would think, for a Triple Crown.
4: Well, my hat's off to you. Good call on your your picks. Uh, You did a great job handicapping it. Uh, you know, I thought that you you nailed this whole thing all the way down. You and Eddie and everybody that we had on the show, I think, uh, certainly uh, had this race kind of right right where th- you thought it was going to be. I think
1: Michael Jeff Siegel actually gave out the trifecta. He had early voting. But you did too. Yeah, I just you said, too, you know, though. I wanted to try to beat the two horses. You know, you and I, as we were leaving said, look, it's going to be early voting in Epicenter and we want to try to beat those two. So I wanted to try to beat them with Secret Oath, the filly who got squeezed at the beginning of the race. I don't know if you saw what happened at the beginning. I did. Where- It's almost like if you were running right now at 3 quarter speed and then somebody cut you off and you had to stop in your tracks and then pick up that momentum again and and chase eight other other men or women, that's kind of – and so for Secret Oath to finish fourth and round out the super, like, she really ran well towards the end given what she dealt with in the traffic at the beginning. And I'll give you another one. Epicenter. Epicenter ran another massive race, uh, and I don't – want to pick on joel rosario the the jockey on top of epicenter but he rode the worst race possible. So think about this. Epicenter finishes second in the Derby with one of the great stretch runs we've ever seen from Rich Strike, and then a yeah. terrible ride from Joel Rosario 14 days later. He finishes second again. You almost feel badly for Epicenter, but the fresh horse and early voting does win the Preakness Stakes, Michael Lombardi.
4: You know, I-, I thought the Philly, I thought she kind of was out of gas at the end there. I she thought did. she was going to yes. make that run, and then it looked like she was running in quicksand towards the end of the race, and early voting just looked up like like he was getting stronger as, as this thing went along. So, you know, I, I don't know enough about it to understand how to handicap the jockeys, but certainly there is professional air that goes into everything we do, and, and, and you know it better than anybody.
1: Well, you know, so to give it maybe a little bit more of an angle, so the rider on top of early voting was Jose Ortiz. His brother is Irad Ortiz. Do you know the horse and jockey that squeezed out Secret Oath? Irad Ortiz, <laughs> and there's a there's there's actually audio where you could hear Jose thanking Irad at the end of the race. I'm not going to get into the conspiracy theory, but my pocket well, would like to get there. into it. There's there. I mean, it. obviously, there's, there's certainly one there. some, there's certainly something there. It's look, it was the fresh horse. This we t- we talked about Chad Brown, the trainer of early voting. He did this in 2017 with cloud computing, where he held the horse out of the Kentucky Derby. The fresh horse goes into the mile and three there at as you as you aptly pointed out the dump of Pimlico uh, and wins the and wins the Preakness. Now the big question and I think it's 50-50 Siegel yesterday said that Rich Strike would run in the Belmont I'm not positive he's going to run. That is the Kentucky Derby winner. We shall see. I'd put it at 50-50 right now because you pointed it out at the very beginning and that's the great point. It's all about breeding the money that you can make off of winning the Kentucky Derby specifically with that stretch run can set up generations of family members when breeding with these horses. So the idea that you would compromise that in some way. However, they might feel this horse can get the mile and a half with how well he ran down the stretch there and the mile and a quarter at the Kentucky Derby. So it's a huge decision to make. I think based on how he trains leading up to it will be the decisive factor is whether or not Rich Strike runs in in the Belmont.
4: You know, I would believe what I saw. You know, I I think that the way that Rich Strike ran the Derby, I would believe that the horse is talented. I think the only thing deterring you from running him is the fact that you $30,000 claiming race. You know, it's a little bit like a college free agent. You know, you just don't want to believe he's this good. You know, how did we miss him? How how did this guy (laughs) become so good? How did J.C. Jackson of the Patriots go undrafted? you know and and you keep asking yourself that question well he must not be very good he must not be very good and eventually you convince yourself that he's not very good even though what you're seeing is good yeah so i think you have to kind of believe your eyes and and obviously in a sport where we have times legitimate clock times you know you've got to go with what what the numbers tell you i think and we could relate
1: this to your days in the front office and scouting and kind of finding that that gem in the rough I, I've watched that and you've watched it too that overhead shot of rich strike where he starts oh. making his move I've watched that no less than 20 times and my eyes I still don't believe what I saw but you're 100% I, right I, I, it, like I thought that, it, was brilliant. it was brilliant I mean I think
4: it's one of the you could just keep watching it over and over again I mean the way looked he like he was in into,
1: he, he was sped up didn't it look like compared to the other horses on that shot that he was almost sped up with and it wasn't real time it was unbelievable
4: when I watched him run, you know, it's a little bit sometimes at the combine. When you watch a guy run that you don't think is very fast and he runs this blazing time, your first instinct, he must be on some juice. He must be doing something <laughs> yes. in growth hormone. Yes. You know, like, what's going on here? And and, and and essentially, if you wanted to ever analyze the history of failures in the draft, it really goes back to understanding steroids and how steroids are applicable into, into this training. So you're always questioning that, right? Because you you, you just wonder where this, all of a sudden, this... Elite training came from, and when I was watching that ho- rich strike run, I'm thinking, Whoa, there's something in there! Some he's got some punch packed." Because I mean, here's 20 minutes, 20, you know, what a, a half hour, he wasn't even going to be in the race, and all of a sudden, <laughs> he looked like the elite horse of all elite horses. Well, put it this way
1: when the trainer went to bid on the horse, Rich Strike, at a $30,000 maiden claimer, they actually went there to watch another horse and ended up picking up rich like this is it's almost improbable but that's why you you, you'd like to see the story kind of convalesce there at the belmont stakes because it's such a cool story and i think it could save you know we're not gonna have a triple crown obviously but the story would be huge and massive going into it you know
4: You, you know as we talk about horse racing And I can see why so many NFL people have gravitated to it, especially Parcells, Bill Parcells, the former Giant Cowboy head coach, Jet Patriot. You know, you could see it because what you just said there, Patrick, it's it's that moment we all have in scouting where we and I wrote about this for one of the players. It's who's that guy like you're watching (laughs) another player, right? And who's that guy? I I actually sent the write-up that I did about this one player. We were all in uh, at the East-West Shrine game out in California. And I think it was 93 we were out there. And it was just. Torrential rain we're up on a, a, a Marriott over there and we're it's just raining but Jim Schwartz then our our kind of he was working in college scouting at the time he brought a beta cam and me and Bill <laughs> Belichick and Dominelli we're all in this giant room we're watching LSU tape we're going to watch the great Gabe Northern from LSU a second round pick of the Buffalo Bills and we're watching it And all of a sudden you know Belichick's like who's that guy and that guy was Anthony McFarlane Oh my! Gosh. You know, it was you know it. So you're, you you yeah. But we had to send Schwartz to the to. We had to call the office, fax the information. You know, because nobody knew. who, You know, we didn't have phones or Google or all that. But who's that guy? Is kind of you see it a lot, and 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 I guess you see it in horse racing too.
1: You know, think about Cole Strange, where Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is not worried about what the masses think. He's like right. Ralph Waldo what is it? Ralph Waldo Emerson who was like, dude, you should be thinking for yourself, okay? This is what right. America's about. Well, Cole Strange, everybody's like, what is he doing? Now, people are coming out and saying he's freakishly athletic, trainers yeah. can't understand his athletic ability, like, you know, now the narrative is starting to kind of come the other way with Cole Strange.
4: Well, and I wrote about this for the Daily Coach. We wrote about it in the Daily Coach. It's like instead of questioning Belichick, if you're Mel Kuyper and you've never won a title or been in a draft room before or actually been on a part of a playoff team or seen a team operate, instead of criticizing Belichick, you might want to say, what does Belichick know that I don't know? That's (laughs) right. You know, what does he know that I don't know? You know, and, and I think that it, 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 it's probably one of the great formulas we should all use in life is to, to go back to that. It's like when somebody does something, I wish I would have learned that when I was younger. Instead of thinking you're smarter than somebody else, ask the question, what does he know that I don't know? And you might come up with the right answer.
1: It's also important in, in betting, you know, that group think that we all get caught in will yeah. end up you'll either end up evening out or losing money. That's really what it comes no down doubt. to. You always have to constantly be tinkering with the models. Whether they're your models, somebody else's postulations, whatever it is, you constantly have to be tinkering. That's why I, I I journal like a madman and I journal about every aspect and part of that is just watching the gambling tendencies and and some of the betting tendencies and I encourage everybody to do the same. It's I the reason you have a hard time with names, I just it just all crystallized is because, do you know how many names you probably had to remember throughout the years going to different schools and scouting combines? Like you, 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 know, numbers I'm guessing. Wouldn't you just go by numbers? Who's 32 over there?
4: Yeah, I mean, or we'll nickname them, you know, like, and just kind of, <laughs> it makes it a lot easier. It's a little bit like, you know, they they t- they say Sherlock Holmes walks in a room and he and he and he memorizes the room by the, his childhood, you know, and so okay, this is on the wall, I remember this, and then your your childhood triggers it. It's a little bit like, how do we remember songs from forty years ago? You know, and you're singing the words to him, and you haven't heard the song in 40 years, but you remember the word. Like, how does our minds do that? And yet we can't remember when we meet somebody and we say, Hi, Patrick, and then two seconds later we forget Patrick's name. You know, how does that happen? Or a sense. Like yeah.
1: a, I walked by somebody at the mall the other day and I swear 1985 came crystallized in my head you know what I mean you like smell something a cologne or a perfume
4: or whatever uh, is. yeah I get that all the time when I, I get that because Al Davis I smell that cologne coming back oh my gosh
1: <laughs> he was and my man was doused in it um, congratulations Michael Lombardi you nailed it 109-103 heat culture in full effect and we're going to discuss oh. that coming back next year at Lombardi line on a Sunday
4: Listening to the Lombardi line on V featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi.
3: Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
1: You want the data? Data? Whatever way. We've got it for you. Betting splits, money and bets for every game, updated every 10 minutes. So this is cool because we've started to really update these numbers and now they're super reactive so you go to vston.com and check out the betting split so you can see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion is very very crucial once you get into this uh, as far as betting understanding which way the money's moving. So go to vston.com right now and check out the betting splits Elliot. With a tremendous outline. Good job, Kevin. Uncrustable Kevin is here. We got the squad downstairs as we welcome you in here on a Sunday. Michael Lombardi there in New Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. I was just looking up, you know, the PGA. That weather was disgusting yesterday, Michael. It was cold, windy, rainy, and, of course, Tiger had to withdraw. He looked – we got to – you know what? He needs to take a nap for, like, three months. He's just got to lay down and stop walking. It's
4: bad. You know, but I think what we saw, too, it it, it, it wasn't just one day. It was the – you know, when you watched him on Monday, I think, when they were going through on the Golf Channel, I was watching him. He looked pretty good. You know, he was a little mm-hmm. awkward trying to pick up the ball. By Wednesday, he did not look good at all. I mean, he did not look good at all. And And I think, to me – uh, you know, this is, the longer it goes, the endurance test that he has to grind through to win a tournament, four days of of 18 holes, especially if it's a lot of hilly and and, and it's a long course, uh, it, it's going to be hard for him. I mean, I cr- credit his mental toughness, but I just think he wo- he wore out. And, and I just think it's going to be hard for him because it's just constant, constant pressure on his legs that are just aren't ready to go yet.
1: I think he nailed it. it. it it's... It's a credit to him, specifically making the cut, which made a lot of people a lot of money with, with that back nine on Friday. My, my father actually lost his leg, so he has a prosthetic. And whenever I see Tiger, I immediately think about he walks just like my dad does, but Tiger doesn't have a prosthetic. But he yeah. does have a metal rod essentially running the length of his leg. It's really unbelievable what he's doing. And you saw him after the round. He was given an interview, and they asked about the pain as compared to the pain after a round there at Augusta, and he just said, "We're not even on the same level. This is so much worse." So, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, it starts to even out for him, and he can start to feel better because the competitive spirit
4: is off the charts. He's got to listen to his body, you know, yeah. and his body's telling him shut it down. And, and as much as he wants to compete and go forward, you, you know, he's got to listen to his body and and not try to grind through it. I mean. You know, look, he's achieved so much, and he's the greatest golfer probably we've ever seen with Jack Nicholas and, and, and Ben Hogan and all that. But the reality of it is he's also one of the finest competitors we've ever seen, too. And and sometimes that competitiveness gets in the way of, of him trying to kind of heal his body.
1: Well, just like we had it before the PGA started, you've got even money right now to win the championship on Mito Pereira, the Chilean. Nobody had that. He's hundred. He ranked 100th in the world. Will, Will Hilded?
4: Will did. Will Hill did. You yes, know, we'll I gotta ask about you it. about
1: Will. He, he, it's not that, I, and you know how much we love Will, but he might be insane. All he does is text me like smiley faces, and I think the <laughs> smiley face is an indication that I'm supposed to know what he's betting.
4: So, do you, yeah, do you I, see I, what I'm no, saying? I, like, there's an ego in yeah, there no, that's I, untamable. I can't, I can't read his mind either, but like, that's okay. He just but I, wrote I, me I a smiley ultimate,
1: face. But if he if yeah. he picked Pereira, we got to give him, we got to laud him when he comes on because that's incredible.
4: No doubt. No doubt. That's I mean, incredible. I just found out. He, said, he texted me yesterday. He said, I'm nervous because he picked per – like, I said, how can you be nervous? He was 170 to one shot. That, you're just guessing at that point. If you're playing him, you're guessing. You know, I mean, let's be honest, but it's a great guess.
1: All credit to Will if he's got – listen, he's three strokes up with 18 to play. I mean, and it's not like he's being chased by big dogs. I mean, think about this. The top six on the leaderboard have no major wins – And just two PGA Tour victories. You got Fitzpatrick. You got Zalatoris. You got Young, Answer, Power, Sink. I mean, it's not like he's Bubba is two under. So Bubba and Thomas are two under. Those are the big names. So is Stewart Sink at two under. But Pereira's got a three-stroke lead. And the conditions, if he just plays within his shoes like he did yesterday when he started to struggle a little bit and kind of hang in there, he's going to be fine. Will, congratulations to Will if he's going to catch this. By the way, the last 33 major champions uh, either led or or were within four shots of the lead after 54. So that essentially means Pereira, Zalatoris, Fitzpatrick, and Cam Young today. Those are the four yeah. that fit that requirement. So
4: you know, and it's disappointing for Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy totally. to kind of get, you know, to have this, you know, get so close to it and then I should not be able to kind of to close it down and to play these rounds that they played. Obviously, we know the weather was a factor yesterday and it affected everybody's round, but you know, it, it affected you know it affected everybody. And unfortunately, for those two guys who you know they're counting on to turn it around, I thought Rory would. I mean, that, that Me shotty hit on the, par, the long par three was incredible. I mean, it's only 55 degrees right now in, in Southern Hills. I mean, it's not going to be another. I don't know how warm it's going to get. It's supposed to get, you know, the winds are going to be 15 miles an hour with gust up to 20. So it, it, this is, you know, I don't know how good scoring is going to be today. Great graphic downstairs. Lays it out for us there,
1: PGA at Southern Hills. The dichotomy with the PGA being now the second major as opposed to the fourth major. They used to have to deal with the sweltering heat, and now they're dealing with the frigid temperatures. Will Hill is going to join in 15, 25 minutes, so we'll let him crow. That's a tremendous job by our buddy. So last night. And I'm going to give you the updated series prices. I was just talking to Elliot about this. It's fascinating, (laughs) the overreactions. But the heat, and you called it heat culture, 109-103. How about a different energy from this team? They forced 24 turnovers, 19 steals that led to 33 points. This was a completely different team and a team that was missing Butler after the half. Bam went insane, 31-10-6 in 42 minutes.
4: We thought he had to, you know, and he did, and he was aggressive from the start. What, what I think is, un, is kind of the untold story of this game is they took 92 shots inside the three-point line. You know, and what was even more remarkable was the fact they only went to the line 14 times, and a lot of that was at the end of the game when That's they right. were just trying to catch up. You know, they were not getting a lot of calls that they should have gotten for being as physically aggressive as they were. And the fact that you know both teams that they limited their threes, they went to work inside the paint, and it worked. They were the more physical team. And once again, you know, uh, even losing Butler, I think Victor Oladipo deserves a ton of credit. He sits on the bench for twenty minute for for the first twenty four minutes of the game, and then he comes out in the second half. And that was a coach's decision. It wasn't he was injured. And he comes out, he has four steals in the second half, and he plays lights out. To me, that is exactly what culture represents. Good point. And that's exactly what mental toughness represents. I mean, he came out there, he played 20 minutes, he did a hell of a job, he had four steals, you know, he was able to defend, and as as hard as it was for them to score in the second half, you know, they were able to hold on to that lead and give credit to Bam and give credit to to Struess who made some great shots down the stretch to kind of really stop the runs. And if you're
1: looking, and that's exactly where I was going to go with this, if you're looking for an indicator of backing the Heat moving forward and their mental toughness, well, they led by 26, and then they're in Boston with that Jalen Brown three with, what, 240 to play. The Celtics cut it to 93-92, Struce answered immediately with a three. You get another bucket from Bam. They're immediately up six, and they never look back. Like that, without Butler, that's a huge, huge test that they passed.
4: How about this, though, Patrick? How do you have a guy who takes 22 shots inside the paint, and he went to the line one time?
1: Oh, it was like that was the story throughout the game was the calls the Celtics were getting and the Heat weren't getting. Like, I think that should motivate the Heat right? Like, this yeah, is Yeah, I do too. I
4: mean, I think they overcame obstacles. I think they were playing against seven or eight players. I mean, look, I think Boston bounces back next game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, Tatum's not going to have as bad a shooting night. I mean, we've seen this from Tatum now. Well, I mean, one thing about Tatum, he has these incredible 40-point nights, and sometimes he has these clunkers. I mean, he's consistently inconsistent. I mean, we got Marcus Smart, who did a, who did a Willis Reed yesterday. I mean, he comes off the bench and he comes jogging back, and you know, but I, I think what, what we saw in the game was, that I think they went after Grant Williams. They know they can attack him defensively, and they did, and they were committed to getting the ball inside. Look, he, they had 22 more attempts inside the three-point line than the Celtics did. And both teams uh, I think Miami had 33 shots from the three-point line, and, and Boston had 32. They had 22 more attempts inside the paint, inside not not necessarily in the paint, but inside the three-point line. I credit that to Spolster. would never doubt so. to me. I, I think Spolster's such a hell of a coach. He really is.
1: It's uh, it's the recipe the Golden State's using against the Mavs. I mean, they're yeah. killing them in the paint. And you know what? Hallelujah. Because all this talk about space and hitting threes, like the idea, and I know the old school game likes to get clubbed, you know, with plumbers and firemen, that kind of nonsense. Yeah. But – I mean, the last two performances, and as you mentioned, overcoming the foul differential has been because Bam dominated in the paint and Kayvon Looney dominated in the paint for Golden State. Facts.
4: You know, I mean, it's really not a complicated game. I mean, two stole a lot of points. I mean, I know three's better than two. I, I learned that in kindergarten. Dominic even knows that now. <laughs> you know, good. but the reality of it is, is your shooting shooting percentages too. And when you get 92 attempts inside there, you got to do it. Updated
1: series price.
4: 110 110 take your pick they should just leave it at that because it's going to I mean like we're reacting to every win
1: it was Boston minus 250 after game two they won by 25 now after game three it's 110 110 that's hilarious we'll come back continue with this one also we got a big game tonight in Dallas text your boys over there let's see if they're ready to go we come back here Lombardi line on a Sunday
3: listening to the Lombardi line on Vsin featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
1: Okay, it's ExpressBet. First bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. You can sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000 and receive $10 instantly up to $1000 bonus. Visit slash horses for details. That's slash horses for details. Use the bonus code Vegas1000. Neston, we welcome you. Marquis, we welcome you. The rest of you, you're welcome as well. We say hi on a Sunday morning. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. You can see behind my shoulder, somebody getting down. It is, it's interesting. <laughs> what do you think the number, Michael Lombardi, of course, there in Jersey, what do you think the number is tomorrow night in Boston? Remember, <sighs> Smart left the game, came back. Tatum left the game, came back, so they're banged up. But I'm just curious. We got a 2-1 series lead for the Heat. What do you think they opened game
4: four in Boston at? You, you know, my sense of it is it'll be five because I don't think Butler – can Butler play? Like, is really, I mean, it's not even going to be 48 hours from the time he went out in the first half. He had eight points. He didn't look like he had that spring in his step. I totally. mean, I think that was the, that was the major concern – You know, when Butler was playing for Philly that I had is what was his I mean, he wanted a five year max deal and he got it. But you didn't really want to pay it because you knew he wasn't going to be able to sustain it. I'm a little concerned if you're the Celtics and you you, excuse me, if you're the Heat and, you know, he's your he's your marquee player. I mean, and this knee injury keeps flaring up. It's got to be a concern. So I'm going to guess five, Patrick.
1: Okay. The right knee inflammation, he was shut down by the trainers at halftime. That was the knee he injured in Game 4 against the Hawks. And remember, he set out Game 5 in that series against the Hawks. So if the trend follows, we don't know if he's going to be playing Game 4. Spolstra said no MRI needed, and he probably would give it a go. But you're not going to get 100% Jimmy Butler. There's the number. I was surprised, as I'm sure you are as well. The number closed 5.5 yesterday. I thought that was going to essentially be the number five and a half
4: yeah well i obviously they don't think but they don't think they don't they don't think butler's going to have an impact, i think that's pretty clear to say right i, I, mean, think, I don't I think, think they so. think this yeah you know to, this is this is the highest total of of any of the games, the highest split here of any of the games uh points points bit, and yet it, you know miami's coming off an incredible win yeah i it, i would agree it, yeah. it, it's just not consistent but it tells you there's more to meet the eye, you know, that tells you that there's somebody that feels – I, and I don't disagree with the fact that Butler's probably not going to play or play well. I do agree that 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 Boston will play better. I think Boston is one of those teams that comes back from their uh, – whenever they have a, a, a bad outing, especially Tatum, he always seems to respond very well. So I don't doubt that Boston's going to be able to win – But I do doubt that it, you know, seven's a lot of points in this series. But we say that, and most of these games aren't. I mean, last night it was a good game down the stretch in the fourth, but it really wasn't a good game for most of the game.
1: And if you're into the zigs, if you're married to the zigzag betting pattern, that Celtics would be your play coming up next. I, you know, it's funny you said that. I was just joking with Elliot at 20. When the Celtics were down 26, I just kind of said to myself, we're going to be tied at some point in the fourth. This is such like these. If you're watching from tip to finish and not live betting these NBA games, you just really love basketball because you could throw it on at halftime if you're not live betting, like we're like us degenerates, but you could throw it on at halftime and you pretty much get the game because I mean, there's so
4: many swings. There's so many swings, and a lot of it is tied to the percentage of shooting from the three point line. I mean, let's be honest here, right? You know, and, and so if a team can get hot from the three-point line, now Boston never got truly hot from that area, but, you know, if you can get that thing going a little bit, then all of a sudden you've got a chance. I mean, and I, I think ultimately that, that's what happens. But more than anything, I, I think when you break this game down, how does a team have 22 more attempts inside the three-point line than the other team? It's pretty impressive, right? Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, and credit to Elliott on this
1: one again. So there is a metric that measures shot quality. And JVT has, and if I knew this, we would have got JVT on. He said the Mavs have won the shot quality metric through games one and two in Golden State. You know, and you can derive what shot quality means. So what's fascinating to me about that is, and this is a metric that, High schools use, colleges use, pro teams use this shot quality metric. But here's what Jason Kidd said: He was irked by Dallas's shot selection after blowing the lead in game two. So he's right. more aligned with you that even though the shot quality metric is saying you're getting good looks, you know they got zero baskets at the bu- they got zero buckets at the basket. Like they're at some point you have to try to get into the paint. You have to.
4: I mean. Kid said that after game, before game two started. He said, Look, we got a lot of good looks. He said it to his team. I think they had that interview with them in, in the locker room. He said, We had good looks. We didn't make shots. Right. And so that happens. Just because it's a good look doesn't mean you're going to make it. I know you're a professional and you should make it, but it's still a, a, a you know, if you're shooting 40% from the three point line, you're doing great. That means you're missing, you know, you're missing six out of 10 shots. So, and, and when you miss those six, especially if they're on that run, that the other teams have, and it can prove to be deadly. So I don't disagree. They had good looks. They had open looks. Just to me, when you're not shooting well, do you continue to shoot yourself out of it? I think that's the issue here.
1: I totally agree. And by the way, the market agrees with the zigzag and the bounce back for Dallas today. Remember it opened two. Every shop's at three. So yeah. And I can get you the percentage, I can get you the splits from MGM, but this number moved everywhere from two to three. So, obviously, backers supporting the Mavs right now to bounce back.
4: Look, look I think the Mavs know that, that even though everybody thinks it's going to be a sweep, that it's over with, the Mavs know that they've had their moments where they have could have, you know, they shot poorly in game one, and yet they were only down at the half, and then the third quarter they took over. They're going to have to play four great quarters, but they're also going to have to play – with better communication and better understanding of game situation. It's the same thing we talked about when they were down too low, two o to Phoenix. They weren't playing really understanding situational basketball. Like, do we really want to take this three when they're on that run? Wouldn't we be better off just trying to get a layup or a dunk? Couldn't we do that just to stop the bleeding and stop the run? Right. I think situational basketball is something. I agree, JVT, that, look, shot quality is great, but situational basketball does play into effect too. Got to have a feel
1: for the game. And I think that's what yep. Kidd was trying to get across with his quotes. It's like, I understand we have the open look, but we, we're missing these shots. You At some point you have to build some confidence and have a feel for the play. And that's and that's what they didn't have. Listen, they're taking the shots they're told to take at that point because you're wide open, but, like, like you said, you watch another NBA game where somebody drives to the rack, has a wide open two, and kicks it out. At some point, yeah. especially when you're down in the series, you just have to start getting buckets to build that confidence. So I know that's kind of an abstract way of
4: looking at it. But, but think about this, though, Patrick. We talk about this all the time. When the ball goes through the net and they have to inbound it, you can set your defense. 100. And they're known so for defense. Making- the Mavs
1: are a defensive team.
4: Right, by making a shot, you have allow your defense to really excel itself. When you miss the shot and you get the long rebound and they're 100%. in transition and you're trying to match, your defense isn't quite as good as you want it to be. And so, to me, I, I get the value of the three-pointer. I'm not an idiot. I understand three's better than two. But I think sometimes when you can set your defense, there's some residual effect to that. You nailed so, it. Little bit, it goes along the same lines of why are we going to keep going for it with four-point – you know, with these – with these you know, going forward on fourth down in some ridiculous situations.
1: Especially with a team like the Warriors that are so prolific getting out on the break and in transition. And that might lend itself to looking at the total and maybe a potential under today. I know we've been dying by these unders lately. The unders were cashing at a 65% clip, and all of a sudden we've got overs, a rash of overs. But I think Dallas is going to mu- – this is going to be – it's going to be grimy. Let's put it that way. Yeah. they're going to, Obviously, well, they want to live in the half court, but they're going to muck it up today.
4: And I think they are mentally tough. I think Dinwiddie's got to play much better. I mean, that's got to be the key. And they've got to be able to control the inside portion of the game, whether it's you know with Powell or whether it's keyboard, Whatever one of their big men that they can get something going, they've got to be able to do it. And, and they've got to play more physical inside. I think that's got to be the key.
1: So... The bets, 52% of the bets on the Warriors, but 65% of the handle on the Mavs. So the money, and that might lead you to think that sharp word potentially coming in on the Mavs here. I would imagine the Mavs feel pretty good. Look, all you have to do is point to the last series and say, this isn't insurmountable. We've done this. We did it against a team that had more wins than anybody else in the league.
4: Right, but we got to play good tonight. We can't worry about the next game. we got to play good in this game. I think that's the biggest challenge Jason Kidd has is let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's one quarter to the next quarter to the next quarter, and let's play four really good quarters to show this team that we can play with them, you know, and, we've, and we can. But I, I think you get too far caught up in the sense, okay, if we can just win two here. No, you got to win one because if they don't win tonight, if they don't win tonight, this is over. You know, they're not coming back down three-love. Remember,
1: you remember the name Vinny Microwave Johnson with the Pistons back yeah, oh in the yeah, day. I the microwave. Vinny. Oh gosh, he was so good. But what was he? It was a six man coming off the bench that gave him. He was called the microwave because he instantly heated up. He heated didn't it Woody, up. Dinwiddie. can give you thirty. He gave you four in game two. You got to yeah, get. He's got to heat it up.
4: He's got to heat it up. The
1: microwave. What a nickname. The microwave. That was my guy. Vinnie Johnson. He had that dirty shot. Kind of a oh. dumpy body, too. Oh, you know? total dumpy bumpy. body. He was eating Uncrustables was before and player. after the game. Oh, Vinny yeah. John- Oh, my gosh. I could t- go on and on about Vinnie Johnson. I saw him at the mall once, and I thought I was going to faint. Like I saw, you know, uh, <laughs> in sync. <laughs> like it was my sister. Um, okay.
4: Let's give the next man some props Will Hill. In he doesn't want him. He said he didn't give it out, so he doesn't want to take credit for it. He's so modest, you know? <laughs> from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
0: I thought in that moment, oh, my God, we've summoned something from this board.
4: to the Lombardi line on B sin featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi now
3: once again here's Patrick Maher
1: discover bet MGM's king of sports books this is the deal that really you're going to win it because we've been talking about these threes if anybody hits a three today you're going to win 200 bucks if you're a new better all you have to do is place a $10 money line wager on any team it doesn't matter the bet outcome because threes are going to be taken threes are going to be hit you have to use the code VEASAN 200 when you place your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Enjoy the playoffs better than ever at BetMGM. you got to be 21 years or older. Of course, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Okay. Michael Lombardi in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We head out to Connecticut and say hi to Will Hill Pereira. Mito, your boy. Uh, hi, Will. Uh, so now we've got a text that you didn't give out the bet, but you made your. I think you made a personal play on Pereira to win
2: the PGA. Is that true? Yeah, that's just that's not how this works. I didn't give it out on the air, so I get no credit for it. If you want to learn about golf, I give all the credit in the world to Matt Humans, Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, long shots, Point spread weekly. They'll teach you plenty about golf. So I give them credit for teaching me a lot about golf, but it's just the rules. When you don't give it out on the air, you don't get to take a victory lap for it. and who knows? He's only up three shots. He's still plus money to win it. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I just he's thought it was a wide open. 110.
1: Will you come on, don't start sandbagging now. You're gonna win this what yeah. number did you get before the tournament started?
2: It was, he was 200 to one. I thought he could play well. And here's the other thing. I, I thought five or six guys could play well. I thought, you know, Coke rack was a good price and Patrick Reed. So, uh, and I, I like prayer pretty much every week. So I guess he was due to hit one. And again. Why did that, you, that, why did that you three like stroke him? lead can wh- go cr- pretty quickly. Uh, I just like his game. Well, I think I he's not
4: what's up. Don't play Debbie Downer here. Now, so I why know. did you like him? Like, Jeez. what was your, what was your motivation behind the pick?
2: I just thought it was a good price. I thought, he, you know, he's a, a talented guy. I thought, you know, he's not due to win, but I, here's the thing. I didn't want to not pick him the one week he's won. Cause I picked him so many times. Like I said, <laughs> I thought five or six different guys at long prices could play well. So he was one of them again, as you know, with golf, that three shot lead can be gone in a hurry that those Sunday nerves, especially in a major, uh, can be a big factor. So we'll see what happens. So you're
1: going to hedge a little bit with those that are trailing him, get a couple of good There's prices. That-
2: there's like four or five guys that are pretty close to him. Who there's Torres, there's Fitzpatrick, and then Justin Thomas isn't out of it. Uh, I thought about it. I'm not sure yet. Okay, he said, like, "You know what?
1: That's a modest Will Hill with a 201 yeah. ticket in his pocket." But we we appreciate it. Now, what'd you take away from the Heat Celtics?
2: Boy, what a gutty win by the Heat. I mean, can you imagine how good that felt for Pat Riley? I mean, this is a guy who's coached the Lakers, the Knicks, uh, and the Heat. He's been a rival of the Celtics all these years. And to win that game that type of way in Boston, uh, you know, without your best player, I just thought was an incredible win. Just a testament to that team and their coaching. Obviously, the culture gets a lot of credit. But, boy, that was uh, an impressive win. Not a lot of teams would be able to hang on. And the shot of the game, I'm sure you guys have mentioned it. Max Struce down when the lead was cut from 26 to 1. Couple minutes left, the building's going crazy. Struce hits a three to bring it back to four. I thought that was an enormous shot. I think I think if they didn't make that shot, they'd probably lose the game. And then they're down two one, you know, on the road for game four. They're, they're in a tough spot in the series. I thought that was an enormous shot by Struce Just an incredible win by Miami.
4: No doubt. I yeah. mean and you know the fact that Oladipo came in off the bench and was able to give him twenty minutes, four steals, play defense fill in for Butler, you know, they lose their best player, and, and he didn't even play in the first half yet. He was willing to go and sacrifice for the team. To me, it's a tribute to the Heat culture, and, and that was a game that you knew the Heat were going to play better in. I mean, I, I didn't understand the line in that game because if you know the Heat, you know they rally, and even though Lowry I didn't think was at his top play, he was at least able to help them get into in and out of their offense when Butler went out. Hey, boys, I know steals you, yeah, the, 19 steals, too. How about steals, 19 steals. Up.
1: 33 points off turnovers that that was to me, take Bam and everything, but really, that was Spolstra, as Michael said, and as you mentioned with Pat Riley, that's a culture thing. Like, that defense and those steals, those active hands, thats that
2: was concerted. Um, I know you— I thought the refs—yeah, I thought the refs should have bought a ticket, too, because a lot of them were just standing around watching. They let a lot of stuff go. Guys getting tackled. I mean, Tatum left the game hurt. Butler left the game hurt. That was an old-school sort of basketball game. That was a very physical game, and they really didn't call out. Even at the end of the game when they're giving take fouls, you know, I think Boston was down six with, like— 40 seconds left they're given a foul on purpose even the rest still aren't calling it so i thought the refs really let a lot of stuff go i
4: think if you're supposed you feel the same way i mean here you are you take 90 shots inside the three-point line and you went to the line 14 times most of them in the final two minutes i mean bam takes 22 shots 21 inside the three-point line and he goes to the line one time think about that how is that even possible Good point.
1: I know Michael's going to be on the Mavs. Will, I know you're going to be on the Mavs. Tell me if there's the same energy here. Remember when Golden State took a 3-1 series lead over the Grizzlies with that game four win at home, and then they made a business decision in game five and got beat 134-95, to where they literally took the game off in Memphis? Does it ha- Do you have that kind of vibe and energy coming into this one with a 2-0 series lead for the Warriors?
2: Yeah, I didn't even thought of that. And it's funny, that 134 to 95, it wasn't even as as close as that score would indicate because they were down 55, I think, at one point in that game. Uh, I just think the one thing that these playoffs haven't been great, these playoffs haven't been very competitive. The one thing that's been consistent, these teams with their back up against the wall at home, down 2-0 in game three, or these teams that lose game one at home and need to win game two, uh, have done pretty well. So I think desperation matters. I think Dallas, for whatever reason, has defended a lot better at home as opposed to on the road. I thought they got beat off the ball a lot Friday night, you know, point of attack. They, they really didn't guard well, gave up a million points in the paint. I think Golden State was 19 of 25 in the paint uh, on Friday yeah. night. I would expect Dallas to clean that up tonight. Uh, look, this Dallas team's resilient. They were down 2 nothing against Phoenix. They're down 3-2 against Phoenix. They won a game seven on the road. Remember, they lost Game One against Utah at home, and they they were down big pretty late in Game Two, where they were almost going back to Utah down 0-2. So this team uh, has some fight to them. I expect them to to bounce back. And you know, we've seen money come in on Dallas. I, I would ex- expect you know Dallas to uh, to bounce back. And look, we're not that far from this series being 1-1. i mean, everyone assumes it's kind of over now. Golden State's up 2-0. We're really close. If Dallas holds on to the game Friday, it's 1-1, and I think people are probably picking Dallas to win this series. So I don't think this series is over. I think Dallas wins tonight. Okay. And they've won five straight at home.
1: So yeah. this is, they're, you, they're obviously more comfortable at home. I think Michael made the great point. You, you know, I understand the shot quality and the shot selection and the charts, but to be able to set up that defense, which has been their bell cow all year off a of make is huge for this Dallas team. I, I don't think, how many, how many threes did they attempt in game two? Will, do you remember?
4: Dallas. It was in the 40s. it was in I, the forties. It was in the My assumption 40s. is
1: less today. We'll just see. But let's let's it'll well, be yeah, interesting I, to it'll be interesting I, to follow. I think
4: there's no doubt about it, Patrick. I think that they, they have had. I mean, the kids been complaining about it, and I, I think he's going to stand in front of his team and say, "Fellas, look, we can't win that way." You know, we've proven it. It's the old Belichick line. You know, we've done it your way. It doesn't work. We're going to do it my way now. You know, and so, yeah, 45 threes they attempted. They were 46.7% from it. So, you know, you're sitting there saying, you know, we did a really good job. We were 46%, but we took some ill-timed ones, and we didn't stop them, and we could never set our defense. Yep, 100%.
2: I'm actually going to have the shot quality guy on the podcast either this week or next because I think it's going to be interesting, and I think – uh, I want to learn a lot about this because I don't totally understand the shot quality stuff. It seems like the team that loses always wins in terms of the shot quality. So uh, I'm interested in it. Now, how not does not relate? it at all. I, I mean, I got to learn about it. That, Cause I, I yeah, yeah, I get the idea shouldn't of it. something.
4: Shouldn't something important towards winning show up in the stats. I mean, like uh, you can say they had great shots, but if they don't make them, I mean, you know, I could have a great open look. I can't make it. I don't, I don't quite get it. You know, I think it's got to relate back to winning.
1: Yeah, Are you good I mean, with
2: that, Patrick? Do you understand that that I, you know sort of I understand
1: the too? concept of it, but I I'm starting to lean towards what Michael says about advanced metrics and analytics is you ha- that human element has to come in. And and there there is a feel, there's a rhythm, there's a sea change to every single game and Look, we're so married to analytics and numbers right now. There's going to be a pushback against that. And like, just like anything in life, it's cyclical. I, I again, I understand the concept of the shot quality, but it, it, it obviously they won game one and game two shot quality as far as the metric and lost the games on the court. So
2: will you make a good point because golden state, there's no way to put a number on this golden state knows how to win, whether it's you know, clay, Draymond, Steph, that trio, they just have a habit yep. of knowing how to win games. They've won so much. There's a chemistry there. I think Kerr has coached 23 playoff series with the Warriors. They are 21 and two. They're undefeated in Western Conference series. They're only two losses uh, when Durant and Clay got hurt against the Raptors. And then the Cleveland series, they blew a 3-1 lead. Other than that, they're undefeated in postseason series. That's an incredible stat. I don't think it gets enough attention.
4: No, and I think he does a good job adjusting. I think there's no doubt about that. I mean, I mean, he saw Draymond Green almost destroy his team in the first half, and he cut his minutes down, and, and he played Looney more, and I think he's willing to make those sacrifices. But I, I think you know, the one team that's not analytically driven is the Heat. Look at the Heat. I mean, they're not. They don't, they're not. O'Reilly's not analytically driven.
1: And they obviously just adjusted from game two and came back with a completely different purpose, and it paid. It's, you're 100% right. So – Will you like the, th- you know, it's interesting because everybody's at
2: three now. Would you still, you're still
1: cool with laying the three off the two opener with the maps?
2: I am. I did see you guys, uh, minus minus one forty five You guys had it on the screen there for a money line. Maybe that's a safer play instead of getting burned by, you know, winning by two and not covering, but I, I do like the maps tonight. I just want to add one thing. Sure. Kevin, before the, uh, before I came on said he has not had his uncrustable because you've been shaming him. So you're affecting. I'm not, man's I'm not, no, I'm not,
1: I'm not sugar shaming. Kevin, I just appreciate that His palette is what I'm saying. Yeah. What's coming up on the New York city cast.
2: Awesome. Uh, great guests. I think, you know, the shot quality guy this week, we'll see who else we come up with, but we've given out some winning picks. So check it out. Visa.com slash podcast.
1: Don't give out his name. Just call him the shot quality guy. Even when he's on your podcast,
4: that's what he is.
2: Let's
1: just
4: call him that. Why not? Need.
1: That's all he needs to be some NFL news next. Thanks. Will.
4: Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $200 if you place a $10 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three-pointer regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code V. Simply use bonus code V. Simply use bonus code V. Simply use bonus code v-
2: Zumo Play.